What's up, you'll hear it. Hey, this is Bob Deboo, the host of the Upright Citizens podcast. Got a question for you. How would you like to get inside the mind of one of the most recorded musicians of all time? Well, here's your chance. The legendary bassist Ron Carter will join the Open Studio community on June 14th for an exclusive one-time-only live mentor session. You don't want to miss this. To learn the secrets to the maestro's iconic sound, gain insights to his unique musical mind in real time, pick his brain on his illustrious career, and get answers that'll propel your music to new heights. Join today and unlock your free 14-day trial at openstudiojazz.com. Then you'll be able to not only join the maestro in this exclusive conversation, but dig into his brilliant course, Blueprint for Jazz Bass, and so much more. So sign up now. Peace. Hey, Adam. What's up? Have you ever been on an aeroplane? I have. Have you been planing? I'd rather not. Have you been complaining? All the time. This sucks. I'm Adam Annis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. Coming at you. Today's episode is sponsored by Soundslice. Please go to soundslice.com slash transcribe to check out one of the coolest music tools there is. It's a browser-based software uh, that allows you to transcribe video. You can sync that transcription up to the video so you see the notation scrolling along with the music. It's incredible. It's a great way to learn. There's a community of people doing this, and you can see a lot of free transcriptions, all different kinds of instruments. We use it here at Open Studio on all of our courses every day. Uh, it's a brilliant tool. Um, go check it out. Yes, and I was just trying to remember, I looked up on their site uh, what their slogan is, the better music learning experience, which really you know, captures exactly what this beautiful, elegant, speedy, uh, accurate piece of software uh, does. It's a wonderful music learning experience, so check it out. Check it out. Yep. Okay, so we're talking about planes today because we got a user email. Oh, I thought we were going on a trip. Because it's summertime, summertime. Oh, yeah, man. We summer, should do a, summer, summer we should do a you'll hear it like vacation week or something where we, you know how sometimes shows like Conan will go to New York or something yeah. like that? Like we, we should, should go to like Kirkwood <laughs> or Webster. I was thinking more like Cozumel or maybe St. Thomas. Cozumel. Or you know, <laughs> potato, potato. But. Uh, yeah, we could do it. Uh, you'll hear it on location. From the beach. That would be fantastic. Yeah, we could pull our Speedos out for that episode. YouTube, where you at? We promise we won't do that. We <laughs> promise, promise we won't do that. Okay, so no, we're not talking about that kind of plane yet, though, right? We're talking no. about uh, planing, which, you know, last time we talked about this, and I can't remember if we ever talked about it uh, in an episode, but I really exposed a slight bit of ignorance I have in that I had no idea what the hell this was. I don't know what it is either. I mean, I know what the concept <laughs> is once it was explained to me, but yeah. I'd never heard the term planing our mutual friend uh friend of the podcast yeah. and friend of open studio brian fielding yes was showing us planing and we were both like oh yeah planing yeah. right <laughs> i mean not really knowing that that's what it was called yeah i know about complaining i even know about mansplaining do you know about that that's a new that's a hot new concept i know you know about that yeah <laughs> but uh planing yeah and so this since neither one of us knows much about this we thought it'd be the perfect question to answer <laughs> uh yeah this is from uh Taurine. our Tor- member longtime member he writes, hey, Adam and Peter, thanks a lot for this. I've been working extensively on voicings, and it is definitely a lot of help. However, one thing that I've been struggling to grasp that I was originally asking regarding voicings is more along the lines of harmonic planing. Hmm. In other words, 
taking a shape or a group of notes within a mode scale and moving it around in different ways. I feel like when I am comping, I am only limited to thirds, fourths, and so what voicings. What about using intervals like fifths, sixths, seconds, triads, or clusters? Are there intervals and shapes that I should avoid? Hmm. A lot of modern pianists and arrangers use voicings that are more based on shapes within a given mode or scale. And then they move that shape around the scale in different ways. For instance, could I take a random group of notes using the diminished scale and move it around in minor thirds? What about Lydian shape, minor, Locrian, whole tone, etc.? I am interested in this particular technique of harmonic planning because I would like to move a voicing or shape around in different ways rather than just having one stock voicing for each given chord. I would like to sit down at the piano and come up with new voicings and develop my own unique sound. I would be very happy if you and Peter would do a You'll Hear It episode on this. Um, so we are. Yes. And uh, that's a great question. I'm Thank you. I'm more confused question. about what planning is now. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I don't know if Tareen has it right or if Brian has it right. Or I, I mean, all I know is I think I know what sound they're looking to get. Mm-hmm. I think of people like Kenny Kirkland and mm. McCoy Tyner and folks like that. I like those guys. I do too. Yeah. Uh, Herbie. Yeah. Um, Hancock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but but this idea of a shape that moves around. Now, the the best way to, I think, get into this is taking a simple voicing mm-hmm. and moving it diatonically. He mentioned the so what voicings. Right. This is like, uh, you know, 101 playing right, right here. Right, right. Um, I don't now, know. but he's talking about... Um, by saying harmonic planning, he means comping. Yeah, I think so. But I think we could also extend extend that out to melodic ideas that are based upon shapes of comping voicings. Right. This is a very very good point. I listeners. mean, I do that. This is yeah. This is they are they go hand in hand. They're a yeah. similar thing. So if you um, if you make a shape, uh, and this works so well on piano, these four note five yeah. note shapes because of the way our hands work. But you can think of them as just broken voicings that you're planing, right. you know, over diatonically. So is our key station working here, Andrew? Are we key stationed are up? Key, key stationed up? It is not. It is not. Okay. okay, so why don't we pause here we're and we're going to get it working. All right, we are all good to go. We are good to go, my brother. That's oh, impressive. No, that was not impressive. Wait, hold on. Okay, here we go. All right, we're all good to go. Key station's hooked up. Key station is in the house. Come on, Andrew. Ready for planing. Uh, okay, so let's take those so what voicings. Yes. You got this. Now, the, right, so the first thing you could do with that shape is just move that shape. I mean, it's easy to do on D minor because it's all white keys. So we're, we're talking diatonic planing here, That's right? That's what I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah, as opposed to chromatic. I mean, both work, but yeah. the easiest one to see is the diatonic, right? Yeah, you, and he did mention, too, like um, over diminished... Uh, moving in minor thirds, which is definitely something that works well when you're taking certain voicings and moving them up um, in minor thirds. But it, why not move the diminished? Why not practice moving in the diminished scale? Yeah, you is that I mean? too? Well, that's harder. It's harder. But think about think about the, the choices you would have if you could do that. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. That idea of, of taking a diatonic thing and, and moving it up. So... What about like what about just a left hand three note voicing F seven E flat A D right one of those classic right uh-huh. and taking that up diatonically F dominant scale that's yeah. something you hear all the time yeah and I think what 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 I mentioned earlier in terms of uh, and this is why I think it's so great for one headed voices to try to learn them in both hands even in that same kind of register of the piano right um, is then 
you know, somewhat immediately or as, as early as you can trying to think about the melodic possibilities, yeah. you know, the, the horizontal possibilities. So you got those same voicings, you know, you can do it in both hands, but it, the, the idea being that there's a lot of different ways. Am I playing it? I don't know, because yeah, I still yeah. don't know what it means. I feel... Yeah. But, the, you know, the simplest is... is um, That doesn't do anything, but it's fun anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so the simplest, and, and I, I did a lesson on this yesterday, actually, for Jazz Piano Method, where we're talking about um, patterns. And I've always been anti-patterns, but it's like, how do you take something? But actually music, a lot of musical ideas are based upon setting up patterns and different expectations in terms of melody or harmony and then breaking them, you know, adding yeah, drama to absolutely. them. But the, if you take a simple pattern, well, let's do it even over a, a diminished... So you've got the uh, half hold diminished scale. If you're doing broken thirds, that's a very simple pattern. And that's kind of the simplest way to do it. But what about, like, how do you do that in a way that doesn't sound boring and, and too much of a pattern? I don't know how. Well, maybe you go. Put some chromaticism in there. Add a little chromaticism as you're coming out of it, as opposed to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where you sound like a computer, where it's like. And, and I noticed I also added in a little, I went from 16th or 8th or whatever those are to triplets too. So it's like you're playing with the rhythm. You're breaking up that rhythmic pattern as well. And, um, you know, anything that we do in terms of, wow, now I found a sound that I like has the danger of it becoming like now you systematized it so much it's not noise. It's not as... Um, it loses its musicality. So it's like, how do you take something? I understand what he's saying as far as you you take something that you like and how do you expand your vocabulary with yeah. it? And it's fine to do that, but then you always have to think about something unexpected with it because life, I mean, art is unexpected. It's that's not right. supposed to be like, you know, computer programming. Yeah, I'm a square box. I am so a square box. The, well, that's interesting you say that because what I was just thinking of, you know, one of the things that planing or doing these things, so if we start off with a voicing here, like this F7 sort of sus voicing, F, B flat, E flat, yeah. Right. If I'm comping, uh, and you know we can do the diatonic thing, which gives really some nice sounds. You know what I mean? Some nice yep. tension. This one, the next one's cool. B flat, E flat, A, and I'm just moving all notes up. Yeah. But uh, so, like you said, to go some unexpected places, we can do things like uh, same concept we would have with an enclosure, right? Where we surround a note. You can do that with this voicing. So if I go up diatonically, and then maybe I want to go back to the original. You know, yeah. uh, you can do things like going up. Uh, we know that diminished uh, uh, minor thirds are an even, um, an even interval. So we can do the first two, and then go up to A flat, and up to B, and up to D. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And then back to F. All these things. Well, I can tell too by the way you're reacting, like. These things, it's about experimenting, and then you're listening because not every one of them is going to work, but right. every one of them is good to kind of catalog what it sounds like. Exactly, you're never going to find like one concept where you take it, you know, diatonically or chromatically or in minor thirds or whatever, and they're all going to sound great for exactly. every situation. You have to experiment. You have to use your ears, and yeah. and so this is all about like on, the planing is just a great opportunity to take it out and do to make sounds that aren't in the diatonic key. Like another thing you can do with any voicing like that is sort of like experiment with keeping that top note the same Ooh, I like that you know 
and moving it around. Yeah. Any kind of, you know, for lack of a better word, pattern, but yeah. something that the ear can ground on, yeah. you have, gives you a lot of freedom to do some crazy stuff, you know? And this is, this is getting away from this a little bit, but I love, like, what you're doing here is the quickest, most effective way to turn comping you know to separate the voices immediately yeah and all you're doing is, is you're only leaving one note the same at the top but that immediately gives it some autonomy right. in a way that then you can start to move you know two voices on the middle end or whatever yeah but it immediately gets the listener's ear into that place as far as as opposed to like everything moving in block fashion it gives you it gives you kind of a buffer on the ears yeah to to, to try some things and I, I have no like i'm not really planning anything out you start to so like develop an ear for what shapes Right. Sound good. And this can work too, you know, with your left hand comping and your right hand soloing or, th or something. Yeah. You know, like leaning on a phrase or a note. Yep. Like always hitting that B flat and then changing that. Yep. To It, it gets you that nice like kind of yep. sound. Yep. It's good. So uh, I'm just looking at some other parts of the question because uh, he brought up so many different, uh, you know, like he says, what about using other intervals like fifth, sixth, seconds, triads or clusters um, in terms of when he's feeling more limited to thirds, fourth, and so what voices. Absolutely. We're trying all those. And like this is some really good techniques to getting into trying that. But we're just remembering the simplicity of it, even as we get more complex with our exper experimentation, the simplicity is about keying really keying in on what how it sounds Absolutely. how it sounds in terms of our progression what's going to work what's not going to work and kind of catalog cataloging those sounds in relation to how they feel yeah. in your hands so that you start to build up that vocabulary because i i do get the feeling from the whole question that there's a certain kind of you know a yearning for taurine to to expand yeah his comping you know yeah we're talking about planning but the vocabulary that you have in order to be able to do this and start to set off on all these different patterns yeah you know for clusters start experimenting the most common cluster taurine that you're going to find is like a, a second on the bottom and then either the third fourth fifth or sixth on top yeah the sound i, I use these all the time in my right hand yeah and they can be broken Man, it's like, that sounds like Dave Grusin with that sound, with that key station sound. You took <laughs> really me back to does. 1986 yeah. right there, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Okay, and then the other part was... Um, oh, come on now. Watch it. Uh, I mean, it's just particularly harmonic playing because I like to move a voicing or shape around in different ways rather than just having one style. Yeah, I mean, you're already onto it conceptually. It's just a matter of experimenting and taking it through. I'll try to hit a... a, a uh, jazz piano method lesson but about this as well this is a good point though uh for for taurine because like this, you have it conceptually but you're not don't just leave it there don't right. just say like i think i understand and then you get on the jam session you get on the gig and like you're just messing around like take some time in your practice routine to really focus on this and experiment it's only going to make you better at this and you're going to find things that fit you yeah and find sounds that way you're not going to find that on the gig for, pretty much like you you can but you know, really take the time to kind of go through it in your in your daily practice routine. Get yeah. it, get in your hands. Absolutely, good stuff. Thank you, Tarine, for the question. Um, we're having a lot of fun here. Mm -hmm. uh, we would like to let folks know about mm -hmm. our sponsor one more time because that's how we roll up in here. Soundslice.com. Go and check them out. Yep. Uh, there's and go to their community section. Go check out the open studio a little part of there. There might be some examples of planning in there. I wouldn't be surprised if there weren't. You can start to see how they're notated while you watch the video, while you listen to the sound because that's the way they do it at soundslice.com. 
Uh, what else we got? Mm. Uh, go to youllhearit.com. Ooh, I like that place. That's a happy place. That's a, a safe space. It's a very safe space. That's a safe space for jazz lovers, not jazz haters. You can leave us a voice message. You can check out our blog. Uh, and yeah, you can check out our open studio courses. Hey, we still have... By the way, what do you know about BOGO? BOGO! I'm, I've been on my BOGO stick all weekend, my friend. We still have our BOGO offer. We're going to extend it for our You'll Hear It uh, folks. It. All so, week, right? All week. So this is when you buy uh, the Jazz Piano Method, or sorry, the Jazz Piano Method, Jazz Piano for Beginners, which jazz is our, our most popular course here. It is. A uh, great course by Peter Martin, uh, setting uh, beginning jazz pianists up. Great for uh, instrumentalists of, of uh, like non-pianists. Great for learning piano for the first time. You, when you buy that at $129, you get Elements of Jazz Piano, which is the course that leads directly from it. There's yeah. a lineage here. See what I'm creating? Yeah, it's beginner, then intermediate. That's right. Uh, you get that for free. You get that for free. Wait, so you mean like five bucks? Or no, I nine? mean free. I mean buy one, get one. So like a 99-cent add-on? Is that what you're saying? No. BOGO. Buy one, get one. Get it, one. Could be, it, should, it could be BOGOF, but we're, it's not as catchy as BOGO. Buy one, get one free. I like it. Buy so one, how would they do that? They would go and put both of them in their cart, I'm assuming? Yeah, go to openstudionetwork.com. Yes. Uh, you can go to .com slash piano so you can see all our piano courses. Yeah. Put uh, Jazz Piano for Beginners and Elements of Jazz Piano in your cart. Yes. And then put in the offer code at the offer code field. Which is on the checkout, top of the checkout page. It's a little hidden. I don't know why, but you gotta got to search for it. It's there, though. Folks can find it. Hey, folks can find it. Put I'm in sorry, BOGO, B-O-G-O. B-O-G-O. And uh, you will magically get the second course for free. And we hope you enjoy that. Please let us know what you think. Um, taking us out today, we have a listener to. I love uh, this. You didn't know about this. I usually forget about these. And you often I don't think you once ever remembered well, to do today, one. today, mark your calendar, sir. Oh, gosh. We're planning on into this tune. Ah. Uh, this is called Luna. And I haven't got a chance to listen to this yet, but it's been vetted by one of the Open Studio staff, so we're excited about this. It's by uh, Rhythm Earth Electric Trio, and it's set in by, oh, Nick Saunders, friend of the podcast, oh, yeah, yeah. Friend, friend of Open Studio. So this is exciting. Looking forward to hearing this. So uh, Nick's going to take us out with Luna, and until tomorrow, you'll hear it.